Hello, friends, and welcome to the third episode of Did You Bring the Hummus podcast. I'm Kimberly, your host, and I'm super excited to be here with you today. Did You Bring the Hummus is a podcast to help you go vegan. Each week, I'll share a 20 to 40 minute episode discussing all things vegan. Most importantly, we'll talk about how to embrace this meaningful decision with fervor and fun. Episodes post every Monday on your favorite podcast app. Before we get started, I have one very important question for you. Did you bring the hummus? In today's episode, it's more than just the food. I'm going to talk to you about more than just what we're eating as vegans. First, I want to touch on animal testing, also known as vivisection. If you've seen the Brad Pitt movie, 12 Monkeys, you may be thinking about animals in cages being freed by radical animal rights activists. Or maybe you were thinking about Lisa Simpson and the time she visited an animal testing facility and all of the animals were adorably wearing makeup on their faces. Animal testing, especially around cosmetics, is horrific. And at this point, the advancements we've made in science and technology, completely unnecessary. We have so many products that are available to us today that have not been tested on animals. The ingredients, they're thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of ingredients that we have access to create amazing beauty products that don't need to be tested on animals. I'll talk about rabbits and makeup in my first example. Rabbits are held in a vice-like contraption. And what happens is different products or ingredients for products dripped into the rabbit's eyes. And then the rabbit is left to suffer while the scientists observe all of the things that happen to the rabbit's eyes once that chemical has been dropped into it. Now, I don't know your experience, but I've had an eyelash get in my eye that sent me into a tizzy. The pain, and especially when I wear contacts, the pain of that eyelash being in a spot that, and I can't get it out, or I'm struggling, trying to get my tears to work, to get, to push the, the eyelash out. It's so painful. And then for moments after the eyelash is removed from my eye, I still feel it. It's still sore. Have you ever gotten shampoo in your eyes? It burns. And these are momentary things that we can then actively remove. We can work to wash our eyes to get, you know, the shampoo out. We can work to get the tears flowing so that we can remove that eyelash from our eyes. Just put yourself there in, in that experience and feel that pain of that eyelash stuck in your eye. And then imagine that you can't do anything about it. Imagine that you are trapped in a contraption that makes it impossible for your body to move, for you to escape, 
to get away from this pain, to do anything to stop it. This is what is happening when animals are tested on. For what? So we can have another mascara? I have a very hard time believing that we do not have enough information about ingredients that already exist to be able to formulate a great mascara. I have a lot of trouble believing that we do not have enough information to create ingredients that we can assess the safety of without testing them on animals. It's too much for me to accept. And I have to be honest, of all of the things that you change when you go vegan, eliminating products that require animal testing is so easy. There's such a a huge collection of of companies and products that are free from this, this level of cruelty. The days of visiting a small health food store where everything smells like patchouli and everything is crazy expensive, just so you can get vegan beauty products, vegan cleaning products, those days are gone. So many different things at your local grocery store. And you can even Google, uh, PETA has a list of companies that don't test on animals. Uh, They have a list of uh, companies that are Leaping Bunny certified. You can also look at the National Anti-Vivisection Society and the American Anti-Vivisection Society. They both have lists of companies that do not test on animals. PCRM has a ton of information. The internet has truly made it so easy to find your favorite beauty products, whether you're just looking for a list of companies that don't test on animals, or you're looking to actually purchase them online from websites like Vegan Essentials to Amazon. Your options are endless. And of course, I would suggest if you're using Amazon, use Amazon Smile and have at least a small percentage of the money that you're spending be donated to um, a sanctuary. Mine goes to Farm Sanctuary in upstate New York. I remember my first visit to the body shop in my local mall as a teenager. I was drawn in not just by the enticing smells, but by the signs in the windows against animal testing. There were two bunnies standing up forming kind of a circle around those words. And then on the back wall behind the cashier, a quote by English philosopher Jeremy Bentham. The question is not, can they reason, nor can they talk, but can they suffer? I ask that you take a moment and just think about that quote. Think about wherever you are in your vegan journey, whether you're still learning and trying to decide if this is the right decision for you, or you're brand new and you know it's right, but you're struggling. Or maybe like me, it's been a long time. It's always helpful to go back to your why. This quote from Jeremy Bentham truly encapsulates that. It isn't about whether or not they can think like us. 
And it isn't about whether or not we can communicate in the way that we communicate with other humans. We don't need a shared, verbalized language because we have that last piece that we understand without words. Can they suffer? The answer is yes. They do suffer. We cause them suffering. And the simplest action we can take is to go vegan, is to stop using products that have been tested on animals. It is to stop wearing products that are made from the bodies of animals. And it is to stop giving our money to companies that use and abuse animals for their own profit. One final comment on animal testing before we move into animals used for clothing. There are companies that will say they are vegan, will say they are cruelty-free, yet they still sell in China. China does require that any company selling beauty products in their country must be tested on animals. It doesn't matter how long they've been established in the U.S. It does not matter the safety uh, precautions that have been taken to ensure that those products not tested on animals are safe enough for human use. When you sell in China, you must first submit your products to animal testing. That is different than companies who make their products in China and sell them here. Companies who make products in China and will not sell those beauty products in China do not have to test their products on animals. So there is a possibility that your favorite company, which maybe makes their products in China and sells them outside of China, they have not actually tested on animals. We have to do our due diligence. If your favorite beauty product can't be found on any of the lists of cruelty-free products, reach out to the company and let them know that until they change their practices, you'll be buying something else. We have power with our money. Where we spend counts. Next up, I want to talk about animals used in clothing. When I went veg 19 years ago, I'll admit I was in a pretty good place. I was young enough and without enough responsibility where all of the leather items that I had, which were mostly sneakers and shoes, I was able to replace. I had the money to pay for new shoes. I had people who were willing to take my shoes secondhand, so they didn't wind up in the garbage either. As I said, I was in a pretty lucky position, and not everyone will be able to do that. But if you can, if you can replace the leather items the silk items, the wool items that you have, and you can give them to someone who can put them to use, who needs them. I think that that's great. But since not everyone can do that, please know that if you can't afford to replace your favorite shoes, you can't afford to replace your favorite handbag right now, that doesn't make you less vegan. You should, however, be prepared <laughs> that sometimes... When uh, 
a meat eater is confronted with your new decision, uh, they may point that out. So it's good to be mindful of these things. And if you're comfortable sharing your personal experience that you've chosen to make this decision and change your life this way, but you just can't afford a new pair of shoes right now, that's okay. And if you're willing to share that information with that person who's giving you a hard time, I think that's wonderful. But you don't owe them that either. While you may not be consuming animals anymore, continuing to buy leather products is still fully supporting that industry that is also torturing animals. Not only that, the process of turning animal hide into leather is dangerous for the workers as well. And I know that we didn't touch upon the danger for workers in slaughterhouses, and we will get to that in a later episode. Didn't want you to think I'd forgotten to cover that. But the the chemicals that are used in, in the tanning and getting that animal skin ready to become a pair of shoes or a handbag, a belt, a wallet is also dangerous for the people who are working it. They're breathing in these chemicals all day. It's unhealthy for them and it's unhealthy for you. Again, we're not living in times where it's not possible to find warm and comfortable items made from products that don't come from animals. I don't care about the cavemen. I don't want to hear any arguments about, but that's how it was always done. That's a terrible argument and it's not okay for anything. Just because we've always done something one way does not mean that it's right and it does not mean that we should keep doing it that way. Also, just take a moment to think about the fact that humans wear animal skins on their bodies, if we truly stop and think for a moment where our clothing comes from, the thought of sliding our feet into the skin of another animal, that doesn't feel right to me. It's unnecessary. I also have great news for my listeners who enjoy the finer things in life, and love their designer handbags. We have vegan versions of those too. Stella McCartney has gorgeous items and they're completely cruelty-free. There's no limit to what you can have in your life and that's animal-free. We've got options now for everything. You can also find lots of great brands in stores like Target, at your local mall, online, great places like Moo Shoes. They have their own line of shoes, which are less expensive than some of the name brands that they sell. And they're comfortable and they're beautiful and they're soft. You're not wearing plastic. Most months, I don't even have a budget for clothing. It's not something that's important enough to me to make sure I have one each month. Some months I just can't and that's okay because I'm able to find things that last. Any of your favorite clothing items from shoes to handbags, 
coats to scarves. You can find what you need and what you love without animal products. It's an adventure. Don't forget that. The last topic I wanted to touch on today is entertainment. One of the oldest sports here in the U.S. is horse racing. I know. I've heard it all before. Those horses are treated better than my kids. But we're forcing them to race. Sure, horses love to run. It's in their DNA. They have strong leg muscles to propel them forward. But that's for them. It's not for us. Whether a horse would choose to run on his or her own is completely separate and apart from raising horses to race one another. What we are trying to get away from is the exploitation of animals. And that is in all forms. So as we've discussed, we want to stop exploiting animals for food, for clothing, and certainly for the type of entertainment that we consume. I remember the first time I saw an animal in a cage. It was a bear named Goliath. He was living in a cage. He was a giant bear, hence his name. He was living in a cage that was barely large enough for him to walk around. He was pacing in this small concrete prison. I didn't understand why. Why did he need to be there? Animals in captivity is wrong. It is not in line with veganism. There are amusement parks where the focus is rides, games, food. And then smack in the middle of it all will be a section of lions just caged off in the middle. You can walk by and look at them pacing sadly in this tiny space. These majestic, huge animals that by instinct run, take up space completely without the ability to do that. We see it in zoos. We see it in places like amusement parks, like I just mentioned. And we see it with aquatic animals too. Places like SeaWorld, places like roadside zoos are off limits. Aquariums, off limits. There are better places for vegans and people across the board, if you ask me, to spend their money. Thankfully, a few years ago, Barnum and Bailey Circus shut down. They weren't able to pull in the type of crowds they had before. There were so many protests outside of those circuses, and rightfully so. Animals don't belong in these environments. I remember this parable about an elephant. She was at a zoo or a circus. She was she was being she was taken into the to a circus. She was a baby. And she was tied one of one foot was tied to a stake in the ground. And the rope that tied her foot was only a couple feet long itself. And so anytime the baby elephant tried to move, 
she would feel that rope tug her back. Every day, the baby elephant, she tries to move a bit and she feels that tug on her foot. This becomes her life. She can't move beyond that co- those couple of feet, but she keeps growing and she gets bigger and bigger. And now she's a big, grown, powerful elephant who could, without thought, just move and pull, without any effort, just move and pull that stake. But she doesn't because she has been trained that she can't move more than a few feet. I understand the purpose of the parable to be like, don't let things hold you back. And that we can become conditioned to, to release our power and not recognize the power we hold and the ability to break free from the chains that bind us, the chains that hold us back. But also what I hear in that, the broken spirit of that elephant, completely created by humans so that other humans can watch them stand up on their back legs and I don't know, what do elephants do in a circus? Hold each other's tails and with their trunks and walk around in a circle. It's nothing but pain and sadness for these animals. Whether they're being tortured, trained for a circus, or they have been pulled from their home in the vast ocean and then brought to a small tank so people can watch them jump in the air out of the water. For those who are wondering, well, how do I expose my children to animals? How do I get them to love animals? There are sanctuaries. Many sanctuaries in the U.S., for sure, offer visiting hours. They give tours. You can be exposed to animals. The wildlife around you. Take your kids for a hike. Get them to know what's native in their area of the world. If you don't live on the African savanna, you shouldn't have a front row seat to lions. If you don't live on a glacier, you shouldn't see polar bears in real life. There are so many documentaries that capture life in places we don't typically get to go. That is how you can expose your children to animals that they will not see and should not see in real life. That's my feeling, my thought around that. Being vegan is about reducing the suffering, is about avoiding the suffering. Exploiting animals for our own purpose is never okay. It is completely unnecessary. We can live happy, full, amazing, incredible, mind-blowing lives without exploiting animals. It's never too early to teach compassion. If you have already decided that you would never bring your child to a zoo and a field trip comes up at school, there are ways to make sure your child feels like they aren't missing out without them going to a zoo. It's possible to explain, here's why we don't go to the zoo. And maybe, maybe they can take a day off from school and you can take them somewhere where they can learn something else without exploiting animals. 
I do hope to have an episode with a vegan parent to really dive deep into to these types of issues, these types of questions, the struggle of raising a vegan child, a compassionate child in a world lacking in both. I covered a lot today. And despite that, it's still very high level. I hope that this episode has opened your eyes to the lifestyle that is being vegan. It really is so much more than just what you eat. Though again, what you eat is a huge part of it too. Being vegan truly does encompass every aspect of your life. And it is beautiful and it is amazing. And I hope that you are inspired to join me on this journey. And if you're already on this journey, I hope that you continue. I look forward to seeing you in episode four where I discuss telling your friends and family about your decision to go vegan. Thank you for listening.